0: later in this episode of lessons from failures
1: i was the first product hire so wait really at (laughs) yeah Yeah.
0: oh that's a really good feature that's that's really cool i'm sure it increases your conversions like crazy
1: like if this thing doesn't work correctly we really need to understand this and kind of i think that started building some of my like leadership and influencing skills
0: hey guys Welcome to the second episode of Lessons from Failures. My name is Sunny, and this is where I have kind of conversations with heads of product, growth marketers, CEOs, and CTOs to talk about their failures and what they've learned from them. For today's podcast episode, it's much more conversational than my last one. If you like this version better than my last episode with Scott, let me know. I'm trying out to be more conversational, and I think I've I just have more fun in it than just, you know, me asking questions and having them talk for like 10 straight minutes. Um, But let me know if you like this version better or not. All right. I'll let you jump right in. Thank you, Lauren, for joining me. Lauren, do you want to give a small introduction about yourself?
1: Yeah, sure. Hi, I'm Lauren Flickinger. Um, I've been working in product and in technology for, I guess, almost 10 years now. Um, and I'm currently at Trubo, which is a personal finance management app um, as product director there. And Sonny and I work together at Upside. Um, yeah. He was an intern. And yeah, it's great to chat with you.
0: I would also say that you are still hands down the best boss I've ever had. Um, I definitely learned a lot from Lauren as an intern um, and she was also very caring and definitely took the time to like help me learn which actually leads to what we want to talk about today is like your transition going into product management and then also becoming a product management leader right yeah do you want to start with how you got into product management because I also know that in college you didn't study anything tech related, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I didn't, I was, I started out as a political science major and, um, and then I ended up being an English double major because I just liked reading. Mm-hmm. And so I took a lot of Shakespeare classes and I, I don't even think I took one business class in all of college <laughs> somehow. <Yeah>. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, I had worked as an intern at a small finance company and, um, during my summers and they offered me a job out of school. So I, you know, graduated and then went to work maybe a couple of weeks later. I started just doing an operational type role. And then there was an opportunity to work as more of a business analyst to redesign the system that we were using internally to manage Mm -hmm. the work that we did every day better for us as, um, users and employees, and then also how to make it as something that we could expose to our clients. So, um, So, yeah, I I got in that way and I definitely came the more kind of technical route. I was working on a lot of systems, talking to systems. Um, Mm -hmm. And then it wasn't really until um, Upside where I started working on more consumer facing products. I I kind of worked my way into and wanted to work on products, you know, that are actual human beings are using. So, um, So, yeah, that was my route. I didn't have my first product manager title until... Um, I think 2018 I was a product owner for a while um, and then yeah officially in 2018 got the, the product manager title for the first time.
0: Um, so when did you graduate college?
1: I graduated in 2009 from University yeah. of South Carolina. Yeah. So
0: that's about like nine years between when you graduated and then your first like product management title.
1: Yeah yeah.
0: Were there any like early stumbles when you were first starting at Upside?
1: I, you know, I, I jumped right in and I think I was, I was a little bit behind the scenes, I think at upside for a while. I remember talking to my manager and she mentioned that she was like, yeah, you know, we kind of had you over here in this area. And it wasn't until maybe about a year in that, um, I was kind of thinking more broadly Mm. about the product. And so, um, I don't know if that was necessarily a mistake because I think it was gave me a good foundation Mm-hmm. But um, but I think, you know, as I've like worked for a little bit longer, um, like coming into a new organization as a PM, I think it's really important to like get the whole picture of the company and of the customers and what they're trying to do. Um, and that can be, you know, even more important than sort of like learning this one small piece of the process, I guess.
0: You think that was partly because of your experience before where you're focused on like system to systems. Totally. Integrated together.
1: Totally. That was where I was comfortable. And, um, you know, I was, was used to kind of digging into data and, um, but, you know, and I think too, like playing to your strengths is important as, as a PM um, or in any role, um, kind of starting with where you're comfortable and where you know that you're strong um, and then seeing where that can take you.
0: And then uh, when would you say you started switching over from like, being an individual contributor as a PM, and then be more of like a product leader and helping others?
1: Yeah, so I started um, at my role prior to Upside, um, which was a company called CSS. I I started, um, you know, I was originally sort of a product owner in one or two particular areas of that system. Um, and then I, I did a lot of you know, kind of influencing across teams. And um, this was a big back-end system that had many different parts that had to talk to each other to basically move uh, large volumes of loans and spit out securities uh, in Mm -hmm. the secondary mortgage industry. So to get anything done, I had to work with, you know, people all across um, the platform, all across the company, like work with ops people, work with um, DevOps, work with engineers, of course, um, work with, you know people who are more on the and the business side and doing like financial modeling so um so yeah i i i started there and i feel like i'm forgetting the question now <laughs> I <think> I'm rambling <laughs> so, what was the question again
0: <laughs> the question <laughs> the question was um how how did you transition from or when i guess and how did yes. you transition be from, uh, from like an individual contributor to like a product leader
1: yes exactly so yeah so i think I think I started getting some leadership skills there and that I had Mm. to, I had to find ways to influence and get stuff done and bring people along with me. Um, Mm -hmm. And so kind of, or where there were issues, you know, um, kind of, Hey, this is, this is going to be really important for the user of this platform. Like if this thing doesn't work correctly, we really need to understand this and kind of, I think that started building some of my like leadership and influencing skills. Mm -hmm. Um, And then yeah, and then coming into Upside, I think um, we had a young product team and the leadership there was really um, empowering in that they just let us fly. Um, and, and so, yeah, I think I learned a ton about leadership at Upside, in particular from Scott, who was on your last, uh, last episode. Um, and, and I think, too especially for women, I I find that like words like leadership and strategy, they can just be very like not well-defined and, and you're doing it and you don't realize it. And I remember there was one point where I had worked through, you know, kind of a tricky problem. And I was, I was, we were trying to make a decision about something. and, And so I had to kind of go talk to different folks um, individually and some together and, and kind of like cir- really circle the wheels. And I remember Scott said, if you ever, as I was sort of walking him through what I did and, and asking for his feedback, he said to me, you know, if you've ever wondered what's leadership, that's it. Mm. Um, and so I think sometimes it's just having, um, having a, a leader that you can learn from and who also is just going to be encouraging about Um, just like, Hey, if you want, if you want to know what strategy is, you're, you're doing it right now. And then Mm. like, Oh, right. Okay. I can, I can do strategy. I'm a leader. Like, Uh let me do more of that. Um,
0: how would you define strategy?
1: Oh gosh. (laughs) 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 Yeah. I think, I mean, strategy is figuring out, figuring out what to do next and Uh having a plan for it. Um, having some sort of understanding or hypothesis about a problem, um, and in some way that you might be able to solve it and then, you know, trying it out and seeing what happens.
0: How does that apply as like you right now as a director of product at Truebill?
1: I was the first product hire. So, Wait, really? At Truebill? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Our CEO, like, you know, had, did been, product, had been doing yeah. all of everything. So, um, so yeah, it was definitely interesting. Like, I wasn't really sure what it would be like coming in. And now um, we have a team of four PMs, um, nice. including myself. And yeah. Wait, how
0: big it, is the company?
1: We're um, about 80 people, I think.
0: Oh, it's a lot smaller than I thought it was. I thought it was yeah. like a couple hundred or something.
1: Yeah, we're pretty small still. Yeah. Um, we're growing like crazy. You know, when, when I started there, it was a little bit of unknown, like, okay, Mm -hmm. I'm a product director. I had, you know, some product experience to start, had to have built out some, some teams and coach PMs before. Um, But figuring out what the, exactly what, what we needed right now. I mean, we, we having a small product team again, I wasn't like jumping in and, and, you know, leading a team of PMs. Like that's very different. I needed to actually, you know, um be working closely with the with the engineers and you know be doing all the product work. So I think it was a balance of kind of figuring out, okay, we need some light process in place and like we we putting some kind of objectives in, in place and, and being a little bit more a little bit more mindful about the way that we work um so that we can scale as we grow. But then also just like being okay with, hey, the first six months is you know learning the product, learning the customers, learning our data. Um, and, and then, you know, the team kind of grew from there, um, really organically with, you know, people reaching out to us. And, and so now we're starting to think about a little bit more kind of structurally and how we're organized, but, um,
0: wait, by reaching out to you, do you mean like wanting to work at Truebill?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh.
0: So do uh, you guys like have a posting up before that, or like people just wanted to work at Truebill, like product managers?
1: So There was a posting up, um, for a while and then we took it down and our, our two, um, our two most recent, um, folks who have joined our team just, just reached out and, um, yeah, had, had reached out to our founder or one of our founders and, you know, just wanted to, you know, we're interested in, in fintech, interested in the space. Um, so I, yeah, I definitely recommend that for, you know, anyone who, if if there's a company that you admire, that you really want to work for, um, just reaching out to them can sometimes be, you know, we didn't even have positions necessarily open, but when we found the right people and they were super passionate about our mission, um, you know, it was just a perfect match.
0: I think Truebill is my favorite like personal finance app
1: yeah. because like,
0: I've definitely used other ones before. Like, so like Mint, or something. I forget what it's uh-huh. like. Mint. Yeah. I've like used my own Excel sheet before. Mm-hmm. But Truebill Bill is like the first one is like, oh, I don't have to think too much of it and it works like really well. Mm-hmm. So uh yeah, I really like Truebill. Bill. And then when you were when you mentioned the uh like name your own price. Yeah yeah, thought, yeah, yeah. When I when I first saw that as well, like, oh, that's a really good feature. That's that's yeah. really cool. I'm sure it increases your conversions like crazy.
1: Yeah, people really like it and they talk about it, like they remember it. It's not something yeah. they like. Um, forget about. Because nobody cool.
0: else like implements it, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. It's really, it's it, it definitely just kind of like, it's a nice way to like, okay, here's who we are. We take this seriously. Yeah.
0: Um, but, do you, I don't know if you're allowed to talk about this. What's the distribution of how much people are willing to
1: pay? There's a range. I mean, some people do pick the lowest, but people pick like above the, I mean, we, we kind of give you a guide of like, here's what's in the middle. Yeah. Um, but yeah, people, it, like overall, it averages out to be pretty close to the middle. Um
0: what's the middle?
1: So yeah. So like $3 is how low it can go. Yeah. It depends on like what version you're getting. But yeah, um, I pay and three dollars. <laughs> yeah. And then <laughs> between like four and five is okay. the principle pick so. What's
0: the what's the highest? Uh
1: we I think we have some tests out there that go up to seven. Okay. Yeah.
0: Um yeah, and I think you're probably thinking like if you were to do it like if you as a company chose the price, it probably would have been around like five. I'm sure, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, we yeah we try to kind of guide people around that. I mean, we'd love to yeah. get it, like higher. We, we hope we hope as yeah. we add more features that we can charge mm-hmm. more. But um, you know, we're s- still working on building some stuff out. So
0: I think it's a really cool innovation that other companies are going to start copying as well. Yeah, like,
1: yeah.
0: Uh, since you're like a product leader now, what do you kind of look for? when you want to hire a PM?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. I think um, I look for a couple of things. I think being OK with ambiguity is really important for a PM. You're going to have you know, feedback coming at you from every direction. You're going to have feedback from users. You have internal folks. You have data. Um, you have you know, other, other internal teams um, and being able to take all of that in and kind of have an objective view um, and not being overwhelmed and actually liking that kind of environment where you're sort mm-hmm. of at the center of things. Um, I think you know, being able to make decisions and, and uh, move quickly is super important um, especially, you know, decisions where you you're never going to have perfect information or perfect data or you know necessarily the, the right solution. But yeah. you know, someone who's who has and it could be in any type of career. I mean, I've hired PMs who came from event management, and like she, the 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 PM that I hired from event management is an awesome PM. Um, mm. And so I think, yeah, it's a soft skills. Um, I also look for a calm, like a, a sense of calm. With, mm. with product managers, um, someone who if there's a fire going on, they're not phased. Um, mm. And they're just sort of like, okay, like, this is happening. Great. Issues are going to happen. Let's figure out what to do next and yeah. and kind of be that glue. Um,
0: yeah, I, I feel like I've definitely seen that from you from working with you when like, I feel like there were multiple times when even when I was entering those three months, where something happened, you were like the last person to flinch or like react really yeah. to it. You were very calm and it was able to like rally the troops together, like get it sorted out and like uh, solve the problem um, and then like learn from it and then move on to the next thing. Right.
1: Thanks. Yeah. I, I mean, it's hard, but I think, um, you know, freaking out never it really just is going to make everyone else feel Panic. bad at the end of the experience or yeah. you know or upset and you can't think clearly when you're not in a you know if you're in a moment where you're like oh the house is burning down um if you're if you're in that mentality you're just not going to do your best work so i think um yeah I, per- I personally like to kind of be that calming um thing but you know i also look for product managers who will compliment my style and who you know may um may have a different working style too i think that's really important with building a team you don't want to hire people that are just like you you're you're going to end up with a work-off product
0: how do you keep calm in like tough situations
1: yeah um that's a good question
0: or do you feel like that's just who you are as a person
1: i think it's kind of who i am as a person yeah um I'm. I mean, I definitely have my moments where you know where mm-hmm. where I get worked up, and and those. I mean, everybody has those, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I think I've just kind of learned over time that like, I I guess I just enjoy sort of being the calm. I enjoy. I think I actually enjoy trying to calm others around me, and mm-hmm. when if I see that someone is stressed out about something, I want to sort of help them to mm-hmm. calm down. And so mm-hmm. I think that's where it comes from—that like this kind of desire to uh, deescalate. But I, I'm there must be something in my childhood that uh, that comes <laughs> from. But...
0: <laughs> Not it, so. I remember there was a time when I was interning for you. Um, It wasn't necessarily like something with the product that was broken, but I remember as an intern being really stressed to a point where I would clench my teeth, right? During work. Yeah. And I didn't realize it was happening um, because like later on I was like, oh, my like jaw is like, is like aching. I was like, why is this happening? And then I realized it was because I was clenching my teeth because I was just stressed at work. Right. And then I remember we would like talk like once a week. And every time I talked to you, I felt a lot better and a lot more relieved. Like you're really uh-huh. good at like, I think making other people feel better. And I think that's probably like a really good quality as like a product leader. I guess just a leader in general. Right.
1: Thanks. Yeah. You, I mean, that is so nice. Um, I think, you know, one thing that I've learned recently is this idea of like doing a body scan. So yeah. like taking a moment for yourself to actually, especially if you're just feeling, if you're in one of those, like the world is, the world is, the world is in the middle of a pandemic X, Y, Z things are happening. Yeah. Um, just being like, why do I feel like this? Okay. Let me just like take a little moment, do a body scan. Okay. Like maybe the world is very fucked up right now, but it's going to be okay. Yeah, Um, yeah. Like I just actually need to eat or I need to go for a walk or (laughs) I need to plan a Zoom with some friends this weekend or, you know, like usually I feel like oftentimes, yeah. I mean, especially in the craziness that's happening right now, um, you don't recognize it in the moment, but then you just build all this tension up. But
0: yeah. So I would say another way to put it is like mindfulness is really useful as a product manager and then as well as a, as a leader as well, because then you can take care of yourself and then you can help others. Um,
1: yeah, yeah, uh, as well. Totally. Yeah. Like demonstrating. I mean, I, I, I am a workaholic, um, (laughs) for the past 10 years, but I now have, I have really slowed a little bit so that I, I mean, I, I have two young kids, so, you know, I, I have a family and I have to, um, maintain that balance so I think uh yeah it's really important to demonstrate that as a leader of like hey guys I'm taking a day off today because I'm not going to be my best self if I show up to work today um and just making that okay makes other people feel like it's okay too um I think yeah that's definitely important as a leader
0: um what has it been like like having two kids and being a product leader
1: yeah especially
0: in the pandemic when uh, I'm sure some of them were at home yeah. well one is 14 months and then the other one yeah. is four and a half three
1: and a half yeah three and a half. it was wild
0: uh-huh. it was
1: wild <laughs> um they yeah their daycare was closed for three or four months yeah um so they were home my husband and I both you know are fortunate that we were able to work remotely um and didn't lose our jobs but yeah our kids were home and a, a three-year-old it was crazy. I mean, we basically we had to figure out a system that worked. Eventually, we figured out that we had to have one person who was fully dedicated to kid watching at all mm. times, and we did shift work. So one person would work in the morning, and the other one would watch the kids, and then we would switch. Um, but it wasn't perfect. Uh, yeah, a lot of kids on Zoom calls, a lot of sh- being stressed out. Um, I started a new job in the middle of that, so yeah, added more pressure on myself. Um, but but it was, you know, I mean, looking back, I've never been closer to my kids than I, than mm. I am now. Um, there's a lot of silver lining, but yeah, feel for all of the parents. And it's very, was very draining and I would not want to do it over again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> when did you start at Truebill again?
1: Uh, end of May.
0: Okay. So we were, what, three months into the pandemic
1: yeah. and
0: then um, you started working at Truebill.
1: Yeah, we were still in lockdown, pretty hard lockdown mode. And then I think their daycare opened again in June. So there's a lot of expectation setting too, of just with my team of like, I'm going to be online at this time. I'm going to be away at this time. And, um, you know, just kind of have to do what you have to do.
0: Um, and then how has like you communicating as a leader? Because um, Truebill is spread across two offices right so silver spring and san francisco where like previously like upside for example we were all in dc on this one floor mm-hmm. i think like thomas circle drive was that address yeah um but now that you're working well one you started remotely and then two the team is spread through two time zones what have you learned in like trying to communicate or like what have you done to try to communicate
1: yeah i think um in the beginning like starting a new job i think everyone was still learning about you know, especially we had the benefit of we, we at Truebill, our engineers or several of our engineers already, already were fully remote. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there was some level of, you know, we had the tooling in place that we needed to be able to communicate. So using Slack and Notion and uh, Clubhouse and those sorts of tools. Um,
0: Wait, Clubhouse?
1: not that clubhouse oh, okay i was <laughs> gonna say you're
0: using clubhouse internally as a team
1: <laughs> not that clubhouse okay there is a, like jira like ticket management tool um, called clubhouse clubhouse yeah oh
0: i did not know that
1: i know <laughs> yeah it's, it's not not getting not, 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 not
0: that not the cooler newer clubhouse yeah yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. um But yeah, I mean, it was hard, I think. And as a new person, I just kind of reached out to people and and was so grateful and and lucky because Troubault is such a great environment. People are just so kind. And, you know, if you find you just reach out to people and have a conversation. And then, you know, before I knew it, I had met everyone and um, just kind of have to force. You're not going to have those random a new person walks by in the hallway and, you know, you just say, hey, who are you? I'm Lauren, who are you? Like, great to meet you. Um, People coming up by your desk. Like those moments just aren't going to happen naturally. At least at that point in the pandemic, we hadn't really kind of figured out tools. So you just have to force those things to happen.
0: What were some ways that you forced the interactions did you just like message them on slack and like
1: yeah just messaging folks on slack of like hey i'm lauren you know i, I would love to I'd love to chat with you and um just grabbing time um
0: did you do that with everybody in the company
1: not everyone in the company but definitely with the folks that i you know i knew i needed their input to be able to to do my job and, mm-hmm. and um i tried to talk to as many people as i could um
0: how do you like stay connected as just a product team now that we're working remote? Yeah. Well, also since I'm sure you hired everybody all remotely too, right?
1: Yeah. Um, we we use Slack um, mostly to communicate, and we've also been using Tandem, um, which is a pretty cool tool that uh, you know you can kind of visualize um, or you can create little breakout rooms, and you can kind of wander. I I'm I'm I tend to be kind of silly sometimes, and so just like bringing your bring in your authentic self and like bring not being afraid to like show your personality or tell everyone how obsessed with diet coke and beyonce i am (laughs) (laughs) i totally
0: forgot that you're obsessed with diet coke beyonce i remembered uh diet coke i forgot (laughs) wait how much diet coke do you drink like a day
1: too much my consumption has gone (laughs) way up in the pandemic i don't Mm. even want to it's like five or six cans a day at this point so a day yeah I need to cut back it's uh it's it's a lot
0: what where did this obsession come from <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't know I just got into this world of diet coke drinkers and now I'm, uh, we now have a diet coke club slack
0: <laughs> so, how many people are in
1: there <laughs> there are like six or seven it's growing we had another person join today okay. um, so I've let's I found my people um <laughs>
0: <laughs> what is it about Diet Coke?
1: I think it's the bubbles.
0: But you can get that with like, um, what's it called? What is it called?
1: The seltzer.
0: Like seltzers or like other sodas.
1: Yeah, then it must be the aspartame. <laughs> I <don't know. laughs>
0: yeah, I mean Diet Coke does have a different taste than like hard seltzers. Yeah, I, I forgot who it was. But I, I, I upside, but I remember the first time I had um seltzers was at Upside
1: uh-huh. and
0: um, the way they described uh, a seltzer is like you can like he, or like s- taste the uh, the whatever flavor it is in like the other room
1: yeah yeah where
0: I feel like Diet Coke it's not that same experience
1: right, right. yeah I mean I can see it and I know what it's gonna taste like but
0: <laughs> but maybe that's because you drink it five or six yeah times that's
1: I'm, I'm a full-on addict but Do you
0: drink any water
1: I do. Yeah, I do. I try to, every time I fill up a Diet Coke, I try to fill up a glass of water, but at least it's not alcohol. That's
0: true. That's true. (laughs) It is, it is definitely many steps above alcohol. (laughs) Are there any like final thoughts on like your journey or tips on like, um, becoming a product manager or like even switching from product, being an individual contributor to, um, a product leader?
1: Yeah, I think um, I think for someone looking to get into product management, you know, just looking for opportunities that you're gonna get to grow those soft skills, and it doesn't necessarily need to be a product manager title. There are so many other aspects that go into building products, like working really closely with customers, understanding how to read data, um, you know. So any, you know, there are many paths into. So I think, you know, not making sure you take advantage of those. Um, and then for someone who's looking to move into, um, into, you know, growing product managers, I think then the biggest thing is just like thinking about why you want to do that. Are you, because sometimes you can say, okay, I, I want to be a manager and, and really asking yourself, why do I want to be a manager? Is it because I want to have more influence or I want to build my, my influencing skills? Is it um, because I want to give back or I want, and I want to kind of coach people. Um, Is it because I want to spend more time doing strategy and less time executing? So I think like really thinking about um, why you want to do that and, and then just looking for ways to build those, those skills. You don't have to be actually managing someone. Um, And typically you're, you're not as a product manager, you need to learn how to influence without. Um, So, yeah, I would say, uh just kind of looking, thinking really hard about like what the skills are that you want to build. And then you're talking to other people across the company of opportunities of how you can start to flex them. Um, Hiring an intern is a great way to get into managing for the first time to um, kind of see what it's like. Uh, But yeah. Gotcha.
0: And then where can people connect with you or contact you if they want to learn more from you?
1: Yeah, feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn. I'm always, always happy to chat with anyone. Um, so Yeah, feel free to message me there.
0: And that wraps up my conversation with Lauren. If you didn't know, this podcast is part of the Lessons from Failures membership. Members are able to watch the interview live and submit questions. Get a shorter 10-minute highlight reel and Also, get a write-up of the main takeaways sent straight into your inbox. If you want to learn more about the Lessons from Failures membership, then go to lessonsfromfailures.co. That's lessonsfromfailures.co. Till next time.